my loves. My lord. <laughs> no one does Whitney like me, Yolanda. You trying to battle? You do it better. You do it better. My lord. My lord. <laughs> it's a Wait, I got to give it to Yolanda on that one. It was a little more, that was a little more Miss Houston. Oh, Shit. And I, but I know you to stand. I know you to stand. Trouble. I am not. I Jersey I wish girl. I could see my jobs drop. They are on the table, <laughs> both of them, the front and the bottom. It dropped in the top. You are the encyclopedia. You know what, Corey? I you know you if anyone book. can tell me I don't sound like Whitney Houston, it's Corey motherfucking Mary. Okay, I'm just in that little part that Yolanda did <laughs> at the end. That's all I know. <laughs> it's okay. It's I'm okay. every woman, and it's, it's all, all in me. In me. Yeah. You see what I did there? Yes. Yeah. I am Charlie Penn. I'm Yolanda Sanguini. And I'm Corey Murray. And this <laughs> is Yes Girl. Welcome back to another week, you guys. Oh, what a good week. Can you believe January is almost over? I oh, my know. Goodness. But I have a confession. So remember when I talked about this challenge I was doing for 30 days? Yes. I no. fell all the way off, Corey. Like around challenge. How many days has it been? See, I stopped around challenge 18. Wait, <laughs> Sorry, was Christina Rice. It was, the, um, Om Noir? it was an Om Noir challenge. And you know what? It was work. Mm. Work sucked yep. me dry. Dry. I could not find anything. I started drinking again at night. I stopped doing my little yoga. Yeah. There were, you know, she was asking us to forgive people, to. You forgot who to forgive. forgive. Didn't yeah, you? I was just getting angry. Mm -hmm. I was just getting angry. I'm trying to go back. What? Okay, here's my plan. I have two challenges that I'm doing. Um, at the same time, mm -hmm. simultaneously, I'm gonna restart the Om Noir challenge mm -hmm. in the month of February. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm gonna do, and then I'm also doing a no complaining challenge. Oh wait, seriously, Corey, I need to hear about this no complaining challenge. But first, who's on the show this week? The real Rainbow Johnson, yes. Rainbow Barris. Yes, we had a great little talk with her at the end of the year, and we are airing it now because I think it's the right time. It's the right time. Yeah, she's a mommy, a wife, an author. Yeah, she wrote a book. Mm -hmm. A doctor. She's an anesthesiologist. Rainbow Barris is her real name, and Tracy Ellis Ross's character is based on her. Really informative, and she's gorgeous, and she has five kids. Five kids. Wow. Beautiful. But Corey, back to your no complaining. The other guest we have is actually a life coach. Her name is Lindsay Fonteroy, and she's actually a friend of mine. And Lindsay is just dropping gems because the whole point of us doing like these um, more uh, self-care episodes on Yes Girl is really because transformation and self-care is for me is like a gym membership. <laughs> like every year we have all these intentions at the beginning of the year. Like, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then come April, not even April, come February. Come January 12th. Girl, <laughs> come January 18th for me. <laughs> we forgot. We forgot all the intentions, all those vision boards we did, all that oh gratitude God. lists, all that stuff we forget. And so let's, we just have to work at it every day though, Corey, because you can wake up tomorrow and start the challenge again. So you that's, didn't fall off. Can you feel my guilt from across the room? <laughs> that's why, the silence. I got really quiet. No, because it's it's like so, like you want to be great. You you set your intentions, mm -hmm. but I'll say it again. There was a full moon. Okay. Recently. A, a blood moon, whatever that is <laughs> about. supposed to do intentions. Black yeah. astrologists let us know. But like you set your intentions and then social media makes it worse because everyone is doing it around you. You're like, oh, me too, me too. But then you fuck you up. Forget right? it. And wait, do you notice you kind of hide from folk? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> like yeah. me and like, all my um, girlfriends are like doing the whole fitness, like get our body right for summer, summer body start now, blah, blah, blah. And they have really been going to the gym. Yeah. They got they bought like little sweatsuits from Instagram boutiques, like the things that make you sweat more. <laughs> That's the thing. Like they did all the things. And I'm over here and I can't even make it to a Weight Watchers meeting, y'all. And mm. then the phone rings on Saturday and they're supposed to be my accountability partners. And I'm like, <gasps> I'm asleep. I'm scared to talk to them. Yeah. Because I feel so much shame. Yeah. I'm back this week, though, for real. But no, that's the thing. You can continue. Real. You just get back right back on. Every day is another chance. Hour by hour. To do it. Yep. Hour Our by producer hour. says hour by hour. Yeah. Shout out to Tiffany. Okay. Well, that's no complaining. No complaining. So my friend, my very good friend, Rhonda, she sent me a thing and she said, this is for you. And then when I open it, this text says, what's it like to go a month? What it's like to go without complaining for a month. It's from Fast Company. First, I was like, bitch, are you trying to say I complain a lot? Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I sat with it, and I started reading it, and I was like, I do complain a lot. I realize I complain a lot. I complain about different things of my life. Mm -hmm. I complain about home. I complain about work. 
I complain about things not happening for me. I really realize I'm sick of hearing myself complain. And so the biggest thing to do is just stop doing it for one Can you give month. me an example of what is complaining to yourself? So one you thing, well, so one thing, this was a, this was hard. This was a, a you know, very clear mirror. If I have to go, if, if I'm running out of here and I'm like, oh, I got to go pick up Jillian. That's how I say it. Mm -hmm. And I need to flip it and be like, you know what? I have a child. I, it's an honor for me to go pick up my child from work. Mm -hmm. Or at least exactly. I have the mobility. At least I, I have a child. At least I'm able to go do this. Pick her up from work. I'm supposed to have that mentality as opposed to like, oh, mm -hmm. I have to do this. I have to do that. And that's how I always sound. Which is what I love because Lindsay, our life coach, talks about when we talk about our bills. Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh. I have to pay my bills. And her thing is like, change the narrative in your head and say, I'm so grateful I get to be able to pay my bills. The mm -hmm. bills that I can pay, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. It's just a different way of looking at it. It's funny you just said that because I have a bill that's hanging over me and I was supposed to, it was two bills that got backed up and I, was, I had told the person like, okay, well the people, I was pay that double bill, I would do it this paycheck. But, you know, my big mom's birthday happened. Yes, I had to go mind. down. I refused to get on the bus anymore. Just knock on wood. I just want to do Amtrak. And I realized, like, oh, shoot, I don't have enough now to pay that double bill. And it hit me. I was like, Corey, just pay the one. Just tell yeah. them, like, what you can. Mm -hmm. I have to pay what I can. But what was getting me, I started complaining about, like, oh, I'm going to have to take my next paycheck. And then that's going to be even worse because I'm going to have to pay my mortgage out of that. And do, you know what I mean? I started thinking. But it was like, stop complaining about this bill. Just pay what you can. Yeah. Pay the half. Yeah. God's still working on me. Yeah. I'm not sure I can be grateful. I'm gonna share bills. this with you. It's but, really simple. It's a and they say it's a four minute read, so it's not even like Well the a bills lot of time. that you can pay. True. Yeah. I yeah. do need that read though. I think it's beautiful. I just, you know, gotta sometimes it's, we gotta admit when God's still yeah. working on us because yeah. I am just like that feeling of dread when you have to pay your bills. Or even just like I you know what I think I complain the most about? My commute. I tell everybody I'm okay with it, but I literally walk out the door like here we go. Yeah. Like every morning and leaving work. I'm like, oh, got to start the journey. Yeah. <laughs> but I was saying to Corey offline, what is the difference between complaining and then silencing things that are really bothering you? Do you know what I mean? Because now if you're saying I'm not going to complain, are you silencing the things that are bothering you? And I always go back to this. I'm sure the listeners are tired of me. But the Zora Neale Hurston quote. Yeah. If you don't speak about your pain they will kill you and say you enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. So if something is worthy of a complaint, do you just silence it because you don't want to complain? Or do you maybe change the narrative around? Is that what that is about? Yes, and it's funny you say that. To add some science to Zora's quote, it says, one study showed that bottling emotions, so not speaking up or complaining, can shorten your life by an average of two years. Oh, it's a fine line. Yeah, they said, but I'm, I'm reading verbatim this article. It says there has to be a middle ground between going cold turkey and being a negative Nancy. God. So I think it's just a matter there is a of middle ground. there I guess is the middle a ground middle, is. Yeah. Like one thing says start by defining what a complaint is. Track how often you complain and what about. Separate yourself from chronic complainers. And it's actually fun that I get these texts, shine texts. They they're these curated texts that come to me. And one of them was about stress. In the, you have to identify well what's your biggest stressor, and once you identify what the stressor is, then you attack it. So maybe it's the same way with complaining. Like for you, let's say your commute. Okay, what is it about my compute commute I hate? I mean, obviously it's the thing, time. But the time. So maybe it's a way of like, well, what I have all this time that I'm using on my. Com I'm, I'm no, I'm no therapist, but okay. I have all this time on my commute. What can I do with this time? Is it can you read a book? I remember you were doing that thing where you were not on your phone. Oh, yeah. You were trying to be engaging with, with people. people. And no one was looking back at me because yeah. everybody else was on their phones. <laughs> no, but I do realize, though, I'm always good at keeping track of my gratitude. So maybe mm -hmm. it's matching the two, like catching yourself about to complain and be like, you know, I'm frustrated by what happened right now. But honestly, I'm just grateful that I woke up this morning. You know, like, I wonder if yeah. there's a way to, like, express it but tie it up with a bow with a little... um gratitude at the end so you didn't really complain you just expressed and released i'm not therapist either y'all so i'm just i'm one of those people i'm always like what are we gonna do solution <gasps> what are we gonna do 
You what said, us gonna you do, know, y'all? You know what? You know what, Yolanda? Real <laughs> Miss talk, Seeley, Miss Seeley, What us There was something do? you said a couple of weeks ago that really got me thinking about Girl, this because God's working on me. Yeah, you, we were talking about something, and you were like, "Okay, guys, I'm tired of talking about this. How are we gonna make it better?" And I think I heard you say that that stuck with me. And then, like a few days later, I got this text, and I just kind of felt like the universe was just like, "Yeah, you need to make a, a change." So. Wait, well, I would like to try to do that with you. Okay. Yeah. I'm, right. I'm going to join you, too. Okay. I'm enjoying the time with both of you. I'm going to smile more. And I'm going to complain less. I'm going to probably scare the shit out of my husband. He's going to be like, what did I do? <laughs> but he's going to be like, what did I do? Is this a silent treatment? Is this a setup? <laughs> yeah, he's going to be like, it's a setup. You're too- what happened? Well, Why are you smiling? Now, one thing I do. <laughs> Valentine's. <laughs> you do have to, and this has been fun for me, when I do want to complain, because the urge is still there, I just tell myself, what are the facts? What are the facts? I don't like what the, are the facts. I'm a journalist. Yes, I should. That's a good Yeah, so if you want to complain, you. like the fact is blah, blah, blah. Mm, there are, yeah, there's facts. And there's observations. Mm-hmm. So, okay, when you say like the facts, it's like you're saying, oh, I hate my job. But instead of saying that, you're like, the fact is I have a job. It pays my bills. I haven't started applying for new ones. So it is what it is. So it is what it is. Yeah. And also, the fact is, I've outgrown my job. Yeah. Which I think not on. enough of us talk about that. True. Yeah. Look at us having outgrown. Okay. Look at us. This is called peer therapy. This is growth. Okay. This is growth. Growth. Grown woman, grown woman problems, too. Grown now, woman problems. You guys were not therapists, so don't <laughs> no, say exactly. no. Essence said no. Yeah, Essence no. did not say. We just say. want you to do the work with us. <laughs> we didn't invent it. This is just a sister circle. <laughs> oh, I'm. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Try it. So if you guys, if anyone catches me complaining on Twitter, on Instagram, anywhere, just you know, yeah. at me. Come at me. Come on, Corey. Come at me. Okay. So what's been heavy on my heart is we got some unfortunate news. Um, we found out that our friend to the show, Jesse Smollett, was attacked in a horrific hate crime. Um, Corey, you you have a little few more details? Yeah, it's really disturbing. Apparently, um, he was brutally attacked uh, by two men in Chicago. It was late at night. He was going. He was hungry. He said he was going to Subway, and these men wearing MAGA hats uh, basically put a noose around his neck after um, rupturing his rib, oh my God. Um, beating him uh, profusely. And uh, throwing bleach on him. They fractured his rib, excuse mm. me, mm. saying this is uh, MAGA country and apparently uh, yelling, aren't you that that horrible word, empire, another horrible oh. word. Oh so God. a lot of people pouring in support for him. I'm looking at, you know, text, I mean, not text, but Instagram posts from Lee Daniels. The cast of uh, Fox has issued a statement right now. They said, we're deeply saddened and outraged to learn that a member of the Empire family, Jesse Smollett, was viciously attacked last night. We sent our love to Jesse, who was resilient and strong, and we will work with law enforcement to bring these perpetrators to justice. I'm sorry. Jesse is the most incredible human being. He is so just. To know him is to love him. Yeah. It's just, this world sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Praise for our brother. We're yeah. praying for you, Jesse. Definitely praying. And I'm for praying you. for the monster, asshole, racist, bigot person that did this to you too. Because, mm-mm, just no, nothing good can come from that. Mm. He's been discharged, but please continue prayers for him and his yeah. family. I'll lift him up in love and prayer and give him support. Yeah. And he's got such a fun-loving spirit. He's and- so fun. He's so gracious. <sighs> he's so talented. Yeah. When he loves you, he loves you. He really does. And Jesse is, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of fame. We meet a lot of famous people. Mm-hmm. And some of them, are, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> fake is all, you know what. But Jesse, I mean, there are a lot who are super genuine. And Jesse is just in that group of people who you meet once. And next time you see him, he's like, girl. Hey. Hey. Why did you text me? Where you been? You, where you been? Mm-hmm. Like, he just really is genuinely um, committed to being the light. You know, mm-hmm. he's really... He's a fun, fun guy, really warm and loving and just beautiful person. And I think, you know, because with the LGBTQ community, they are um, really proud and living out loud and happy. We forget that these horrible things happen to members of that community every Every day, single day. 
And it sucks that it happened to Jesse, but it happens to someone every day. You know, one, just a quick aside, but just in lifting him up, I like that part in Amanda Seals' um, stand-up where she was like, why why gay men are so like confident. positive and confident mm-hmm. because they're constantly being hit mm-hmm. with all kind of names and negativity from family, from friends, from professionally and they're they still have to find the strength to be strong and that speaks to latravius latravius Mm -hmm. like just that you know imaginary figure but jesse was all those things king from comes from a loving home i don't i feel like i'm talking about him like he's gone and he's not so heal 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 please heal 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 we need you and i hope they get the bastards who did it yeah let me just say that too yeah if y'all know anything, please contact the Chicago PD. Thank mm-hmm. you. Obviously, we're all angry and hurting, and we need healing. And that's why this episode is about healing. Yes. Right, Yofra, you had a chance to talk to a life coach about some things. Some things. We talked about money and honey. And the money part, obviously, is really rethinking how you approach money. Um, and then the honey portion is really is talking about how when you've got the money, how do you treat the money? How do you get the money to be your honey. Does that make sense? Mm, I'm here for it. But even though when I was thinking about honey, I was thinking about Bay. Yeah. Well, of course I was thinking about Bay. But honey is really enjoying <laughs> the sweetness of your success. I live for that. Yeah. So listen it. to life coach Lindsay Fontelroy. Hey everyone, this is Yolanda Sanguini, co-host of Yes Girl podcast. And as we promised in January, we're going to be, you know, sharing some supplemental bonus episodes around the idea of really refreshing and resetting your life in 2019. I know that every year you've probably done your vision board. You've probably done your prayer circle. You want to manifest some things in 2019. So we're here to help you with that. And today I'm going to be speaking with uh, Well expert and transformation coach Lindsay Fontelroy who happens to be my girl you know I have cute friends my friends are so fly anyway so Lindsay is an acupuncturist integrative counselor educator and thought leader in the field of mind body medicine her interdisciplinary approach draws on the wisdom of psychology the science of the subtle body the intersection of spiritual and religious teachings and indigenous approaches to self-cultivation and mastery in other words she's so fly Okay, so welcome, Lindsay. Hi, hi, everyone. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us on Yes Girl. And we, you know, we're on this quest to talk about personal evolution and really kind of manifesting the things that you want to happen in your lives. Uh, Many of us will start off the year with, you know, all these goals and ideas. And then by March, I keep saying it's like a gym membership. By March, you've moved on. Your life is so crazy and stressful, and you let the stress take over. Right. Yeah. And so I know that you work in this field and you have this beautiful concept that uh, is called money and honey. And we want to get into that. Yes. Cool. So money and honey is my favorite phrase because when I look at what brings people into my office, what brings people or inspires people to even look for help or to look for support and and changing their life, the two things that are the most important that come up over and over and over again are money and honey. And so money relates to of course, our actual money, how we manifest abundance and all of those things. But what it really refers to is how do we feel like we're living in purpose? How do we feel like the gifts that we have, the blessings that we have, our greatness, how do we feel like we're able to live in that and show up in that in the world? And so one of the first things that we look at is someone's money goal. Like, What is it that you want to create in your life that allows you to be your fullest, most fabulous self? And then the honey goal is about relationships. And it's where the places where you can add some sweetness to your life. And so that could be an intimate relationship, husband, spouse, lover, whatever that is. Or it could be your relationship with your children. It could be your relationship with your girlfriends. It could be your relationship with your spiritual source. But it's what are the places that are needing to heal the heart and bring some sweetness to your everyday life. And so we start off the year thinking about, well, what is my money goal? What is my honey goal? And then how do those two things combine to bring me into 
my upgraded life. Got it. And how does one start getting into that sort of, you know, thinking about we always have a money goal, right? But then making doing the steps that will help us get to it sometimes can be a little murky or difficult. How do we get into that reality? I think visioning is really important. A lot of times when we think about a money goal, we think about a number. And I, what I encourage people to think about with your money goal is, well, what would that number allow you to do, right? So maybe it's you want to travel more. Maybe you want to feel like you, when it's time to pay your bills, that there's no angst around it, that it's just the money is readily available. You don't even have to think about it. Maybe you have family that's out of town that you want to be able to visit more. So that money goal is really about getting out of the, the number that is usually, you know, kind of arbitrary, right? We know that $500,000 in New York is different than $500,000 in LA, for example. Um, and really thinking about, well, what do I want my life to feel like? What do I want my life to look like? What would it look like for me to wake up every day feeling abundantly wealthy? And then to start moving towards those things. But getting really clear and specific about it, you know, what does that look like? What does it feel like? Yeah. You know, I keep hearing people say money is energy. Mm-hmm. So tell me more about that. Is it an energy of abundance? Is that how you sort of attract that that money? Yeah, I, I mean, I think of money as energy as exchange, right? I'm giving something to receive something. So, you know, the money itself is just a symbol. It's a placeholder. Um, but if we tune into this frequency of what I give comes back to me, then that's another way to to tap into abundance, that it is just a flow of giving and receiving, and we can given a lot of different ways, but we can also receive in a lot of different ways. So sometimes even receiving abundance is not in a financial form. You know, it could be that someone does something really kind for you. You know, someone babysits your kids for you or um, someone gifts you really fabulous jewelry. And then we can be in a place of recognizing that as all of the ways that abundance is coming to me, that it's, it doesn't just have to be in the form of a check. And if you're thinking, you know, sometimes I catch myself being like, oh, I'm so broke, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like you you say that enough times to yourself. It's true. Is that what you're attracting? Yeah, you know? absolutely. It's the more you think about something, the more you kind of charge up that idea. And it really comes down to what we're looking at when we go out into our day. So if we're holding on to this idea that, oh, yes, I'm so broke and look at all the things that I can't do, then that's where our attention is going to fall. But if we wake up saying, I have enough, for example, I have everything that I need, and we start looking for evidence of how we have all of the things that we actually need, then we attract more of that to ourselves as well. Thinking of, you know, us as black women, many of us are breadwinners um, in our homes and for money can be a source of angst, as you you said. Um how does one sort of relieve themselves of that? Because, you know, you, you're, you know, paying the light bill, paying the, all these other bills. And so money becomes, it's not as abstract. Abstract. Is real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you, you're balancing your checkbook every, you know, every two weeks whenever you get paid. Mm-hmm. How do we sort of free ourselves of sort of that angst around money? I think that it's really layered because our relationship with money comes not just from ourselves, but from the generations that come before us. So our parents' relationship with money, our parents' parents' relationship with money. Um, so it's layered. It's it's not like um, it's a light switch, you know. But I do think that one place to start, even with something like you're saying, like paying your bills is switching the narrative. And I think switching the narrative could be moving from something like, I have to pay my bills, to just saying, I'm so glad that I can. And even that just changes a little bit of the feel of it. And, you know, one of the things that I talk about in my work is that when we change how it feels on the inside, it changes what it looks like on the outside. So really being diligent about changing how we talk about our experience. Lindsay, I'm going to say that. I'm so glad I can pay my bills. I'm so glad I have I, I'm so glad I have more than enough. To pay. I'm so glad I, I have, have more, more than, than enough. enough to pay. Wow. Can I this share time. a personal thing that's happening to me that, and I'm just really curious about it? Is you know, you get a raise mm-hmm. and you're taught to be very, you know, save your money, rainy day. 
Um, but I think that sometimes when you have that in your head of like save your money for a rainy day, mm-hmm. it makes it like, oh my God, I can't spend that money because, you know, so there's a sort of fear that's happening. There's fear mongering in my own head where I'm like, girl, don't save that. Don't, 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 don't buy that because it, a rainy day might be around the corner. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just interesting. It's like finding that balance of because if you're moving out of fear, like like I'm hoarding all of this and I can't spend it, then it just kind of promotes this idea of not enough. Yeah. Lack. Lack. Scarcity. But then when you're able to say, I'm going to gift myself this and I'm going to put some away so I can gift myself later, it changes how it feels. It changes that dynamic a little bit. Yeah. How do you think the everyday sort of woman can be like, okay, Lindsay, I hear you around <laughs> abundance. Um, yes, but. <laughs> Girl, did you, and, see, did you see my credit card? And do you know <laughs> what I'm working with over here? Yes. So how do we, what, what are the steps that we can um, start thinking about? Um, I think one of the the things that's really important that we learn how to do is to pay attention to the inner dialogue because a lot of times there's this inner dialogue of shame or guilt or blame. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry I did that. I can't do this. I can't do that. So one of the first things that we can do is get really diligent about paying attention to what that inner voice is saying and then talking back to it a little bit. You know, so if there's this kind of automatic voice that comes up every time the bills come in, that's like, here we go again. I shouldn't have spent this. I don't have enough. Why isn't so-and-so doing such and such? The first step is just that that kindness and compassion towards yourself that even lets you acknowledge what that inner dialogue is in the background, maybe keeping a journal and writing down, okay, what are the, the thoughts that are coming up for me every time? I have to do this thing. And then starting to look at them and see if those thoughts are actually true. You know, sometimes it's it's a, it's on autopilot, this negative internalized voice that says we should have or we didn't or why didn't we? And to really begin to turn our gaze inward and to look at that and speak back to it would be a really good first step. Let's get to the honey. The honey. Honey, <laughs> honey. honey. <laughs> Um, manifesting the honey in our lives and enjoying, you know, hey girl, who's making the money that you've always dreamed about making, but you're feeling like you're not getting to enjoy it. How do we get to enjoy, you know, and manifest the sweetness in our lives, as you say? And I, I think it's the same process as with the money. It's really getting clear on, you know, a lot of us might say, oh, I want a good relationship with God, my children, my partners, or whatever it may be. But what does that really mean? Like, what does that look like? What would it look like when I come home from work after making all the money, right? What does it look like on a weekend where I have some free time? And really getting clear about what it is that you want to live into so that you can start making choices that are moving towards that actual vision. Because you can you can monitor yourself. Okay, if I know what I want, how is this conversation that I'm about to have leading me towards that? Or how is it blocking that for me? And getting real clear on it. Yeah, I think about, um, I'm so happy you mentioned conversations because um, so much of the energy that we spend on, you know, negative conversations, then that, that takes up all our time, right? Um, you know, you're unhappy about a situation and you, you want to talk about it with your friends, but then you're spending a significant amount of time on it. And if you really do the gut check of, oh my God, all my energy today was spent towards this really negative part of my life and not really thinking about the sweetness that's in my life. Um, and so just kind of really refocusing your energy as well. We can bitch and moan, yes. But also we can celebrate at the we same. We can celebrate. And I love that you're saying this idea of like shifting energy because I think that that's one of the places where we as black women don't necessarily tap into all the tools that are available for shifting our energy. You know, so, you know, we know sometimes how it feels after a good workout and your heart feels a little bit more opened or expanded. Or we know that after we get a good night's rest, we might feel better and have a different perspective about things. So I, I do believe that one of the things that we can do is really tap into what changes my energy. So whether that's, you know, in my world, that's acupuncture and flower essences, 
but it can also be things, you know, improving my diet, noticing what foods make me a little bit edgier, noticing what um, what company I keep makes me feel a little bit more tense, and really actively making changes in that flow of energy so that we can have a better perspective. And once our body and soul changes and we start changing our mind and that internal dialogue starts saying things like, well, yes, you can. And look how proud of I am of you for, you know, X, Y, and Z instead of being in that place of um, complaint or negativity. Speaking, you know, shifting energies, I'm going to just put some scenarios in front of you and you can just help the girls, help me help the girls. Um, you know, you're in a situation where maybe you feel like your relationship isn't uh, feeding you anymore and you want to shift that energy and produce more sweetness mm -hmm. in it. How do you, what are some of the steps around that? So one of the steps, one of the first steps that I would look at is like you said, it's looking at the, the energy of it and really being able to get yourself to a place where you're not making a decision out of fear or fatigue or hunger, <laughs> whether that hunger is for food or for affection. So it's really surrounding yourself with love so that you can really recognize what a loving relationship feels like. Maybe that's from your friends, spending more time with your friends or whoever it is that makes you feel good about yourself and about your life. And then once you're coming from a place of being fortified, then you're in a position to make a decision about what to do with this relationship. But you really can't make those decisions if you're in a place of desperation or depletion. You know, if you haven't had it, you, we, we've all been there where it's like you had a little bit of sleep and now someone's coming at you with something crazy and how we respond is going to be different when we haven't had enough sleep, when we haven't had enough to eat, when we're not feeling fed on multiple levels. I have to okay. share, I went to the DMV yesterday. Oh, no. And Don't do it. <laughs> you know, I'm working on myself. So <laughs> the energy at the DMV is very low. Well, you it's... It's like, All right, so. so I was like, you know what, Yolanda, just manifest, you know, greatness. <laughs> they really tried me. So I walk in and I'm like, and of course the lady at the, at the counter was like, Hello? Yes? What? No. No. And I was like, okay, Yolanda, just... I really don't want to help me at all. I get it. But I had to have that inner dialogue, like, girl, this is your problem. The old me would have been like, um, excuse me. Right. But then I said, you know what? This is your problem, sis. I'm not going to go there with you. Just let's just do what we need to do. You know, let's just um, maybe help you diffuse it a little bit and not necessarily be quick to jump on you. Because I think we are socialized, especially as black women, to be like, uh-uh, you know, quick to jump on it. And to, to personalize it too, like to take it on. And I feel like that's the thing where you can, and like you just gave the example of, you give it back. You give the problem back to the person that it belongs to. It's like, okay, you're in a funky, low-vibe mood, and that is totally yours, and you're right, and I don't have to join you in that. You can hold that. You can just keep that on that side of the desk. <laughs> but it's so empowering to be yeah. like, sis, you can keep it. I don't need it. I just need my little ticket, and let me be gone. But that you know? takes a certain amount of um, inner fortitude. Like you, We can't necessarily do that if we're depleted, stressed out, not taking care of ourselves, not doing the, the self-care rituals that we need to feel whole and complete so that when we go out into the world and we confront someone who maybe isn't, we don't get sucked into that vortex. So it's like the self-care rituals and the the honoring of the self and, you know, giving yourself that luxurious bath or taking that walk or even if it's that cup of coffee or tea in the morning that is just for you and your time helps us to be more centered and um, clear when we're interacting with with other stuff. <laughs> That's a nice way other to put stuff. it. <laughs> with the crazy. Well, we're interacting, yes. Another scenario um, we hear a lot about, especially at Essence, is the idea of like, you know, standing in your power, especially as, you know, a, a very driven black woman. Let's say you're the only black woman in the room. Um, you're super intelligent. You know, you're just you've made your mark in your corporate structure, for example. You go in and you feel every day you're being tested. Microaggression. The microaggressions that black women have to face. How do we manifest sweetness in those spaces? Well, I, I think that this is a great 
um, segue into, you know, as we've talked about offline, um, I work a lot with the five elements in the world of acupuncture. And the the situation that you're describing reminds me a lot of what, what we call the wood element in Chinese medicine and that metaphor of a sprout that is pushing up and growing towards the light and what happens when we feel blocked. So those like those microaggressions, the people who are maybe trying to keep us from asserting our fullest, greatest, grandest self in the world and the rage and anger that comes up from that. And so, you know, from a practitioner perspective, one of the things that I would say is like, how do we work with that wood element inside ourselves? How do we use the pressure points that align with that? How do we use the herbs or the supplements that help us get that energy strong so that it can push up against that resistance in a way that is healthy? Um, I always say anger is the energy of change. So what is... That's right. Us. <laughs> tweet, tweet, tweet. <laughs> anger is the energy of change, <laughs> because when we're when we're angry, instead of necessarily exploding or like you said at the DMV, it's like you know two rams butting heads. It's it's getting clear on like what exactly has made me angry here. Do I feel disrespected? Do I feel like I'm being blocked? Do I feel like I'm not being seen? And then once we're clear on why we're angry, then we can put the necessary changes in place. Maybe that might be a conversation with whoever and finding the words to, to talk back to that microaggression. But again, it's the clarity that comes from inside that directs how do I respond to this outer situation. So it always comes back to, in, in my world, it always comes back to the inner dynamics and how do we, um, how does the experiences that we have in our everyday life really reflect what needs to shift and change within ourselves. Yeah. So what I hear you saying and everyone that sits in this chair says, we have to do the work. We have to do yeah. the work, yeah. but we don't have to do it alone. Yeah. We can get support and we can use the tools that are out there um, to support us in that yeah. in that work. So, Lindsay, as long as I've known you, you felt really strong about flower essences. But how, why do you uh, advocate for them so much? I advocate for flower essences because I have seen the shifts that they've created in my own life. If we're talking about money and honey, I can give you two really clear examples of how the flower essences were incredibly instrumental in me reaching my money and honey goals. So the first time that I got introduced to flower essences was when I was trying to get pregnant about a thousand years ago. <laughs> AD, 1000 AD. 1000 AD. <laughs> and um, I was diagnosed, I was in my early 20s, and I was diagnosed with premature menopause, um, which they now give a different name. Um, and I was told that I could never have children. And I was devastated by that. I was devastated by the idea of not being able to um, have a child, which I always thought that I would be able to do. And so in that place of being completely emotional distraught, emotionally distraught. And, you know, if I'm honest, acting a little bit crazy in all of my relationships, particularly with my partner at the time, um, a friend of mine introduced me to flower essences and they were just kind of looking at me and my distress and my crazy. And they just kind of slid the little bottle of the essences across the table and were like, just take some of these. And what I found with the flower essences is that they were a huge catalyst, not just in supporting me in my fertility, but also helping me to get really clear and feel really strong in my heart space and to really pull up all of those limiting beliefs that I had about my body, my life, what was possible for my life. And it really just shape-shifted the trajectory, trajectory of my life. Um, my daughter is now 12 and she's amazing. And I really think that the flower essences played an incredible role getting her here. Um, in terms of my money goal, I had gone through a phase where I had transitioned out of the work that I was doing, which was social justice video work. And I knew that I wanted to do something else. After my experience having my daughter and the flower essences, I was pretty much obsessed with holistic health. And I started taking the flower essence to get more clarity on, you know, what was my next move? What was my next step? And I kept hearing this little voice say, oh, go to acupuncture school. And I looked up acupuncture schools and I was like, oh, it's not a six-week program. It's a three-year graduate $70,000 situation. So I was like, oh, no, we're not doing that. Um, but continuing to work with the flower essences, it kept coming back up for me and the doors opened. 
And so I haven't looked back since. My practice has been really strong in ways that I couldn't have imagined. And I really know that the flower essences were an ally for me in terms of expanding my belief of what was possible and helping me to align with what I'm actually supposed to be doing with my time here on earth. So money and honey all the way with the flower essences. That's why I believe in them so much. And in my practice, you know, I work with so many women in leadership. So I created the line of flower essences that I have, the elementals, based on those recurring themes that come up in in women's lives, questions about intimacy and openness, questions about how do we stand in our power? How do we nurture ourselves? How do we find self-care and moments for self-care? How do we take a break when we need to take a break? And I created Essence Blends to speak to all those really specific things that that women are calling for in these changing times. And I love that you have a quiz, which I took, uh, around which essences I need right now. Yes, it's Um, really fun. It helps you to really hone in on whatever's stressing you out and what it is that you're really envisioning for your life. So you can find that on the website on oceansandrivers.com. Um, you can find that, find your essence quiz, and it will tell you a little something about yourself, <laughs> but it will also tell you which flower essence might be the best ally for this this phase of your life. So if people want to get in touch with themselves and get in touch with you, what's the best way? So I do um, private consultations here in Brooklyn and also by phone, um, and you can reach me through my website, oceansandrivers.com. And if you want to follow me on either Instagram or Facebook, that's also Oceans and Rivers. And um, we'll see you there. Yay. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. This was lots of fun. So tell us how you plan to manifest your money and honey in 2019. Use the hashtag YesGirlPodcast to talk to us on all social platforms. Let's wrap this episode up with a real bow. Up next, Rainbow Bears. Yes, Corey Murray. Yes, yes, dear listener. The person you just heard referred to Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. <laughs> it's someone who has a receipt. The receipt. She the is Dr. Mm-hmm. Rainbow Edwards Bears. And I mean doctor, not like honorary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not talking about Dr. Dre <laughs> type. Okay. Not a spin doctor. No. Yes. <laughs> and you yes. went to medical school. Correct? I went to medical school. You went to medical and you graduated. I did. Okay. You passed. Because I learned that that was important when I first got there because okay. we were also concentrating on getting in. And I had a young man say, You need to now get focused on finishing mm-hmm. because a lot of us don't. Oh, and wow. I was like, Okay. Uh, a lot years. of us don't finish medical school? No. Wow. Well, yeah. So if you go straight to medical school from college or, you know, relatively, it's also the age where a lot of mental illness comes out and it's a super stressful time. And so it could be that that stress helps to accelerate, bring it out. Um, My roommate didn't finish and she eventually did, but it took her a really long time. there was a young lady who there wasn't a lot of black kids in my class. Um, her dad, I think, was a doctor. And years later, she was like the receptionist somewhere where I went to get service. Mm-hmm. And so it was not uncommon. It was not uncommon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's it was terrifying. Like to think, you know, we think you get in and you're like, oh, this is so great. It's so wonderful. And it's like, no, this is like the beginning of every time in life, new start. You're like, yeah. oh, I'm at the bottom again. I have to start over. I have to start over. Mm-hmm. But um, it stuck with me when he said that. It really, really did. And my roommate was an example. Um, and we still keep in touch. And she finally did. But it took, it was a journey. Like, more than the journey already is a journey. Mm-hmm. And you think you're not going to make it. Um, it was difficult. Good Lord. Now we're getting educated. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, I didn't know. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Rainbow Edwards Barris is also the wife of Kenya Barris, mm-hmm. who created a very wonderful show called Blackish. They were all obsessed with it. Yes. Obsessed. Thank you. <laughs> and I must say, the reason I was referencing Gucci Gang is because I missed the 100th episode and I watched it mm-hmm. last night. And it's all about their love of Prince, mm-hmm. but uh, the, the twins said, we want to hear Gucci Gang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which made me realize, <laughs> I want to hear Google Gucci Gang. <laughs> 
So I have okay, Google, playing. play Gucci Gang. Gucci, Gucci Gang. So I've been playing Gucci Gang, but you told me, or you were telling us that your 13-year-old is quite the uh, trap. Um, My, our 13-year-old, uh, the character on the show, Diane, uh, Kayla, she's based off of Lola. Lola's very like, did you say something to me? <laughs> she's giving you attitude. She, I mean, it is like, it's like literally, I'm like, when she was a baby, I'm like, Lola, sleep, nobody breathe. Like, <laughs> she was just strong-willed, and she still, to this day, is just a very strong person. And um, her brother on the show, they're twins, but they're not in real life. She is like, what is wrong with his thinking? Like, you can't tell someone their thinking is wrong. She's like, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't get it. Like, he just doesn't. And I'm like, and they're the closest in age of all the kids. They're less than two years apart. And so it really upsets her. And I'm like, but you guys are so close in age. And she just looks at me like, I will kill you. So we knew that you were the real life rainbow. I didn't realize the kids were based on... Like, your real kids were based on the actual kids in the show. Yes. Yes. So, like, yeah. The oldest character, Yara, um, is based off of Kaylee. And that's how he got the idea for for, um, Grownish. Grownish. Okay, that makes sense. Yes, because she went away to school. And so that was, you know, easy to do. And he brings her in and her friends. And they talk about, like, what are you guys doing these days, you know? What are you you listening to? (laughs) What are the young people doing? (laughs) Um, and then the second one is based off of our second daughter. It's a it's a girl. I mean, when he came up with the show idea, um, the pitch really was just like a pitch like about our family and like a story about our family. Um, and they helped to direct him like, okay, well, you should have kids like this and we should have a set of twins because it doesn't, they thought it would, was unrealistic to have all single children. And they also wouldn't let him have five kids. They only let him have four. Because at the time we had five. And they were like, no, it has to be four because this is not realistic. And we're like, yeah, but it's our life. Because they were like, you know, you can't be too successful, you know, by five five children. People do that. I know a lot of families. Yeah, Yeah, they, yeah. So we, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the top of the new year for us when we're going to air this episode. So I, we're curious, how do you bring in your new year? Do you have a ritual? With six <laughs> children. <laughs> sleeping? Um, Are you sleeping? Like I that? would love to sleep. Um, no, we don't have a ritual. We so what about just, you? Do you like, do you diary entries? You know. Goal setting? You know, I for me, actually, Thanksgiving for me is like a time of like more reflection for me than New Year's because I feel like New Year's is so like cliche mm-hmm. and I feel like no one sticks to anything they say on New Year's. Mm-hmm. So on Thanksgiving, I've started to, you know, um, not just talk about what I'm thankful for, but uh, think about what I could do or ways I could be that other people would be thankful for. And I ask the kids the same thing. And it's interesting to hear people that you're close to what they say, because it lets you know that they're listening to you or they're not, you know, or like what you've been saying, have they taken it in? Have they considered it? And so I, 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 that's for me that time I, I almost on purpose, like don't, to have anything specific with New Year's, but we recently we've been staying home and we we, um, we play cards with real chips and real money with the kids. <laughs> we play we play blackjack. So we teach them how to play blackjack, and that's been fun. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. With real money? Yes, we'll have we do. We'll, you know, we have chips, of and then course. we'll equate it to oh, yeah. Because otherwise, they don't care. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's the true. only way they care is if it counts. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, do they do chores? Sometimes. Sometimes. They don't, they're not consistent. I don't know any, I mean, I guess I some kids are I consistent. Wasn't. I know, that's the only ask yeah. that I want to know my reality is. Yeah, no, you're not alone. No. Okay. And I'm like, this is the new plan. I have it all worked yes, out. Printed it, out. And everything. And it's like a checklist. And I'm like. I don't remember doing anything consistently when I was a kid. I mean, I remember being told to, but I don't no, think I was I, I remember washing I dishes. Couple, I, no, we, we I did. Good. I mean, I, I did. did it. You know, I had a dish month and then a this month. But <laughs> see, my, <laughs> my <laughs> mom, yeah, but my mom wasn't home. My mom worked. So it was us three girls. Yeah. And like, so if it didn't get done, like we would be living like squatters. Yeah. Or, you yeah. Know. <laughs> so we had to. I didn't know my mom washed dishes until after I went away to college. I came back and I was like, girl, you wash dishes? <laughs> 
I had never seen I her wash a dish. I have three daughters for me to wash dishes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what she literally was like, I brought you in this world. You figure it out. <laughs> and I was like, Y'all keep this house clean. Yes. Oh. Yes. We need more of that now today. Yeah. For sure. Because our kids act so <laughs> dependent. <laughs> Oh my god! I have a feeling Julian's gonna live with me till she's forty. Like, what? No, I think she will. Do you? Yeah. Why? Gonna you know that though. You know that about your like you do. Like, I, yeah. You guys. Are I think she's gonna be just comfortable. Yeah, you're besties. I yeah. can see it. Yeah. Now that you say that. But as long as she's there because she wants to be there, yeah, and that a, you are not making her feel like she needs to be there, yeah. then I think. You know, that's okay. That's healthy. Yeah, but when you're making her feel guilty and she's like, I got to get out of this house. And you're like, you don't love your mother? You know. <laughs> that's, that's another scenario. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic. So, <laughs> Thank you Thank so, you so much. much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks to our guest, Lindsay Fontaroy and Rainbow Barris. Please continue to listen to this episode of Yes, yes Girl. Girl on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere else you get your podcast. But also check us out on YouTube. That's right, Yes Girl Podcast. On special episodes, we're going to be on YouTube. And we did hear your comments about Ayala Van Zant, and we will work on our mic situation. Yeah. You know, yeah. things happen, y'all. You know, this is, you know, Audio visuals, the AV, it happens. <laughs> but you thank know? you for telling us. Thank, thank you, you that we love that you're listening. And for listening to the end anyway. We see those views. And actually, Yolanda, can you drop a little knowledge where you got them earrings? Because oh. they got a lot of attention. <laughs> yes. Oh, too bad I forgot. Okay. No, I'm <laughs> now, um, <laughs> I'm going to have the info for the earrings in the next the, the next episode, I, I promise. Okay. I know it's, it's a woman. Her name is Sabrina, but I don't know the name of the label. So... She's just one woman in New Jersey making the earrings. So I'm going to get it next time. Jersey. Also, I just had the best idea. Every week, we should save one gem and one nugget to the end of the show. Mm -hmm. See who gets there. Nice. You know, challenge. Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Fight to the end for the gem, y'all. Uh, Have a great week. Us. <laughs> Bye.